Welcome to the Franchise Hounds podcast. I'm Greg Macchia, a certified franchise consultant. Thanks for joining me as I interview franchise industry pros to dissect, explore, and discover franchise ownership. Joining the show today is Marlene Zick, the president of Eight Turn Crepe. Eight Turn Crepe is a Japanese fast casual crepery concept. Their crepes are made with high-quality organic or locally sourced ingredients that are naturally 100% gluten-free. They offer an array of both sweet and savory menu items. Eight Turn Crepe has been in business almost a decade and franchising since 2019. One location offers five different revenue streams, dine-in, takeout, delivery, a perfect on-the-go handheld food for festivals and pop-ups of all kinds, and not to mention a booming catering business. I hope you enjoy today's discussion with Marlene Zick from A Turn Crepe. Marlene, welcome to Franchise Sounds. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you for having me here today. I'm happy to be here. You know, I've, I've never been to one of your locations, but I'm uh, really excited to learn more about A Turn Crepe because it's really like such a unique offering as I was researching the episode. And I want to start with the name. Where does, where does the name come from? Well, that's that's actually funny that you asked that. I was actually just talking about this with someone prior to um, to our phone call. So the name Eight Turn Crepe um, comes from the, the uh, deep Asian reverence uh, of the number eight. Um, so uh, eight signifies uh, luck and prosperity. Um, and it it's also a symbol for infinity. Um, so, you know, we have a, uh, a slogan. That is, every one of our eight-turn crepes are made to turn your day around. Um, so it's, it's you know, it's just, it's it's like uh, entering into a new happy um, reality um, and healthy. Uh, it's, it's just, a, it's a, you know, it, the word, the word, the eight is, it signifies happiness and prosperity. And the word turn, um, it, it doesn't reflect just the beautiful way that our crepes are designed, but it also comes from the mindset of changing, um, you know, the, the, and emerging into a new happy and healthy reality. Um, so we kind of like to, you know, promote the, you know, the prosperity and the positivity. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. I didn't, I didn't know originally if it was like how the actual, the crepe was folded or that sort of thing. I didn't know if there was anything associated with that. Yeah. It's, it's funny. A lot of people actually ask that question. Um, you know, so, you know, eight also symbol of infinity. So, you know, hopefully we'll be around for, for a long time. Yeah. That's how much money you can make, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, so, so tell us more about the product for, you know, for listeners who maybe, you know, probably haven't been to a location, but it's, it's it's gluten. It's made out of gluten free uh, rice flour. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. Um, so you know, people when they say uh, when they think of crepes, you know, they think of you know in the simplest form, you know, um, they associate them like with the French crepes that are typically served flat on a plate, uh, meant to be eaten with utensils. Um, you know, it's sort of like they serve as a snack, not really too many ingredients inside. You think of you know powdered sugar and some chocolate. Um, our crepes are, are um, artfully rolled into a cone and made from uh, rice flour, making them 100% gluten-free. Um, so we are a healthier option in the quick service restaurant industry. And our crepes are uh, both sweet and savory. 
Um, and it's not just a snack. Um, you know, picture uh, a hero. That's the best way that I can describe it. Like a, mm -hmm. a big, big hero sandwich packed, packed full of ingredients. You need two hands to kind of grasp it and open a big mouth to take a huge bite of it. <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what you're getting served. That's the best way that I can describe it to someone that hasn't seen it. Um, it is a meal within itself. You're going to need two hands to grab it and take a big bite. And you're going to be, you know, there's going to be ingredients from the first bite to the last bite. So it's, it's really, you know, we're able to target breakfast, lunch and dinner and dessert. Uh, crowds because of that, you know, because it's a filling meal. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. So it's it's handheld and the way it's served and wrapped in a cone. It, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, because the ingredients are kind of intertwined throughout it, right? So each bite you're still getting, um, you know, some flavor. And it's it, besides the gluten free rice flour, you know, I know a crepes like originated in France, but this is kind of a Japanese inspired version. But there's the menu is not really Asian inspired at all, right? It's, it's. So we, our menu does have some items on it that are a, a Asian inspired and encompasses that. You know, we have, um, ingredients such as kimchi and mochi and red bean and, and those kinds of things. However, what's great about us is that, you know, we're flexible with our franchisees in the sense that we will work with them to tailor a menu um, and to create a menu that customizes and tailors to the regional tastes of their community. So, you know, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily, it's not that it's a, a full on Asian inspired menu because it's not. You know, we have ham and cheese. I ate a, a ham and cheese, and um, I think I you saw know, BLT. Um, have, right? There was a BLT on LT. BLT. Yeah. yeah, we have America's classic desserts that we have tiramisu, and um, you know, we did a spin on uh, America's favorite dessert, which is a creme brulee, and we made a crepe brulee. You know, where we torch the top, and it's it's very fun for people to see it being made. So we encompass all of these, you know, flavors. Um, and we kind of just, you know, we, we, we can work with each franchisee, you know, to tailor the menu to their, you know, particular area. So if there's something that's popular and trending and in a particular area, you know, we can work with them to, you know, customize and create things to add to their menu, you know, to, uh, to work with them. And, you know, I was, I was curious. So you have these like, you know, sweet options and savory options. Does it draw more of like a, a lunch dinner crowd or is it more of like a like a dessert crowd you know like I, I want to get one for lunch and then one for dessert you know is that so do people do that so but yeah believe it or not people do however you'll be very <laughs> full <laughs> and you'll barely finish the second one but it is possible and I have done it on a day where I've been very very hungry um, so, you know, you can get a, you know, people absolutely do. They order, um, you know, a savory crepe for lunch or for dinner, and then they'll come back and they'll order a sweet crepe for dessert. Um, I will say that our, our sweet crepes are definitely a little bit more popular, you know, um, you know, uh, higher sales on the sweet crepes, but our savory crepes are, are still up there. People are still coming to us and we are still able to, you know, as I said, target the, the lunch and the dinner crowd. So we, we have a huge rush. Uh, you know, the lunch, the lunch rush is, is, is huge. Uh, you know, so is the dinner rush. So we're, we're really able to encompass, you know, um, you know, we're not just a dessert. Yeah. And I imagine on the, on the savory ones that these are like a lower calorie option than like an equivalent, you know, sandwich or something served on a bread or roll. Right. I imagine it's much lower calorie. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we're really able to target those, you know, people that are more health conscious and health minded and looking for, a, you know, a lower calorie experience. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, nothing is fried in our establishment. Absolutely nothing is fried. Nothing is reheated. Uh, we don't have any frozen fruits, any frozen vegetables. Everything is always fresh. You know, so people really appreciate that the the consistency and the quality, you know, and the products that we use, they can taste it. You know, you know, when you're getting served, you know, a microwave, uh, I, I've, I've had, I, I don't want to call out who, but I've, you know, I've gone to places, I've gotten egg sandwiches before where it was microwave eggs, that bumps you know, me out. they, they pop them in <laughs> and it's like shaped, it's shaped like a, the cup it was in, you know, like it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Bad. I mean. You can, you can taste it. You can taste the quality, you know, and we have, you know, so, you know, people really appreciate us for those reasons. Yeah, I'm sure. So from a consumer standpoint, like the, the experience of, of visiting an A-turn crepe, like, is it, um, is there, is there sit down as well as kind of grab and go and take out? It's what's kind of the mix there? Absolutely. So what's great about us is that, you know, we can operate from a very small footprint. Uh, we can operate from a kiosk all the way to, uh, you know, a dine-in, uh, full-on brick-and-mortar location. Um, majority of our franchisees are brick-and-mortar stores, uh, about 1,500 square feet dine-in restaurants. Um, you know, uh, but we do, you know, we do a lot of, you know, also takeout, a lot of delivery. We do a lot of catering. Um, you know, so we, we, we have it all. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I saw you offered catering. I, I imagine this is w- w- is probably a pretty good fit for catering because it's kind of it's kind of unique, right? It would be a, a fun thing to cater in for an event or a party. There's uh, people probably get excited about it. Yeah, what's what's cool about us is that you know for caterings we offer on-site live crepe stations. So we actually have a member of our staff that attends the events and makes the crepes and serves them fresh, made to order to the guests. So you know it really differentiates us and really sets us apart from those people that are just dropping off a tray of food. You know, because now we're we're not only providing them with a food, but we're providing them with a sense of entertainment as well, an interactive experience. You know, and people really, really enjoy that. They really love to see that. Yeah, love to see it be made. How um how long does it take to make one? And like is it you know, is is it difficult to make one? Because I mean they they look like a work of art. I mean, they look like a like a flower almost. I mean Really amazing. That's actually one of the questions that some of our franchisees ask. They get nervous. They're like, wow, am I going to be able to do this? It looks like it requires so much finesse. Um, and what I will say is by the end of the first day of training, you'll be able to roll and you'll be able to roll one up yourself. Um, it's not as difficult as it looks. You know, we, we train our, um, franchisees, you know, and to, you know, have the proper, you know, proportions of the ingredients and, you know, where to place them and how to roll them up, um, you know, and actually we've timed it before and to make one, uh, I would say about two minutes or so. Okay. So, so pretty quick. Yeah. It's not that terrible. And, you know, we have a sign, uh, in our location that says, you know, good food is not fast and fast food is not good. So, <laughs> you know, like if you, you know, just, you know, if you wait two minutes, uh, you know, we're making it, we're making it fresh, we're cooking it in front of you. So, you know, people really can't, you know, you don't, we don't have many complaints if they wait two or three minutes, you know, to have something made. And it's a good thing you're, uh, you're, you're kind of based in New York. Cause I know New Yorkers are so patient, right? I'm, oh yeah. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm married that's, to one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly why we have the sign off. You know, just you're you're being warned. You're gonna wait a couple of minutes, so you know we're not we're not just grabbing it in the back and reheating it. So. <laughs> Nice. And I think it's neat that your first experience kind of with the brand was as a consumer, right? You were kind of walking in the city and kind of stumbled upon this place with a line out the door. Tell us that story, right? Yeah. So it's a pretty, pretty interesting story. Um, you know, I, I just exactly as you said, I was having a stroll uh, walking along a uh, busy street um, and I, I, I was intrigued by their window display. It stopped me. Um, because I've never seen crepes served in a cone like this before, um, you know, and their window display was so unique and so, um, you know, aesthetically appealing and pleasing. Uh, and then I saw a line like wrapped around the corner and I was like, what is going on here? You know, I need to check this place out. Why is everyone waiting on this line? Um, and I remember I tasted the food and I remember being blown away. I The first crepe that I tasted was the chicken teriyaki crepe. And I remember it was just literally melt in your mouth. Like, like it, it, that's the best way that I can describe it. Like very soft, very juicy, very tender. The flavors were just amazing. And I remember coming home and telling my husband, like, I was craving it the same day again. And I'm like, this is crazy. And I took him back and I, and I, you know, he tasted it and he was blown away. And, and we just thought we've never seen anything like this before. And we wanted to get involved. And then when we met the owners, um, you know, the owners, we met them and we kind of hit it off uh, with them. Um, and many conversations later, uh, we partnered together with them and we opened a, a location with them. Um, however, our vision was to franchise the concept. Um, you know, I saw this as, you know, the type of concept that I could see, you know, being, you know, um, you know, I wanted to bring it to neighborhoods you know, everywhere. Um, so that was the, you know, the, uh, the thought process. Yeah, that's really neat. It's a cool story. They, they definitely sound good. Um, I, I try and fast every day until noon and, you know, it's 1148 out here and this isn't helping me right now. I'm like, <laughs> you, hear my, you hear my stomach rumbling, but so, so let's talk about like your, your decision to franchise, how long you've been franchising and that sort of thing. So yeah, so we we didn't jump into franchising. Um, we jumped. We started franchising in about 2019, um, and we believe it or not, uh, had a lot of organic interest um, into uh, people were just coming to us and expressing interest. Just as I had walked into a location and I sort of resonated with it, and I loved the you know and fell in love with the concept. That was, you know, the feedback that we were getting. And, um, you know, we've had uh, lucky enough to have organic interest expressed. And um, we just franchised um, in 2019. And then we, you know, we got hit with a pandemic shortly after. Um, so we didn't really do any sort of sales uh, or any efforts to market the franchise. Things kind of just, you know, we put a pause on on that uh, we were lucky enough to you know our goal was to make sure that we survive and that our franchisee survives and luckily we did um you know and he came out thriving as did we um and now i would say probably at the start of 2022 is when we really started to put ourselves out there and market the brand you know um you know with brokers and um you know and, and sales efforts to, to make things happen and we are, um, we have six, uh, six units signed. Great. Yeah. I think that's a good sign when, when people, you know, 
uh, organically inquire, like, is this a franchise? Like, would you consider franchising? Particularly in a market like New York City, where they have so many out-of-town visitors, right? Because these are people who could picture, hey, this would do great back in my hometown or where I'm from type of thing. So that's, that's, that's probably really encouraging that you get a lot of that. So you have six locations um, in development, is that what you said, or sold? Six, six units signed, so three in operation and three in the site selection process. And actually, the last franchisee that we signed, that's exactly how we signed him. He walked into one of our locations and actually... Uh, one of his friends was working in one of the locations, and that's how he heard about us. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of how it's it's been happening for us. Yeah, that's neat. So right now, I think from your website, I saw they're in, they're in New York City and in Texas. Is that right? And we're coming to Tampa, Florida. Oh, excellent. That's exciting. So, um, so I mean, it's not the whole the whole U.S. is open, right? You're you're willing and able to sell in. Most of the U.S., maybe maybe not registration states yet, but... Uh... Uh, we have several registration states that we are registering with. Um, California, uh, Illinois, uh, Virginia, Washington, Connecticut, uh, Florida, New York, Texas. Um, so, you know, we're, we're definitely in a lot of the registration states and, and uh, you know, where, where territories are open everywhere. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Are, I, I mean, with a with a wide open thing like that, are there any markets that you're like, gosh, I can't wait to be in that market. I think it would be great for us. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of spots in the U.S. though, right? Yeah, uh, definitely Florida. I would love to. You know, we're we're already moving into Tampa, and we have some interest in in Miami and other parts of Florida. But you know, uh, Florida and California. Uh, definitely, I think would be great markets for us. And I definitely want to see us there, you know, definitely before the end of the year. Um, and, you know, uh, Virginia, I would love to see us in uh, Connecticut. You know, those are some places that I would love to see us in. And even here locally, I would love to continue expanding um, in New York and, and New Jersey and, and places, uh, you know, on the East Coast as well. So you touched a little bit on like a, a typical footprint of a location, but is there is there anything that you look for in a location? So from a, it's not a typical like restaurant build out, right? Like no hood fryer, all those things, right? So it's a it's it's a much easier build out, I would imagine, than a, than a typical restaurant. Absolutely, we have a very simple build out model, and that's exactly why we're able to really keep our entry costs so low. Um, you know, we don't require a full kitchen. We need a refrigerator, a freezer, a prep table, and that's it. Two to four crepe makers and, and they can get started. We don't require a hood. Um, you know, it depends in which jurisdiction you are. There are some jurisdictions that may require you to have a hood, if, you know, but we don't need it to operate. Um, so, you know, we can operate out of a small footprint. We can operate out of a large footprint. Um, you know, so that's the beauty of, of the model and why we can really keep the costs down. Yeah, that's fantastic. Since we're since we're talking about costs, what what is like a typical investment to become an owner? So the typical investment uh varies anywhere from about one hundred and seventy to three hundred and forty seven thousand, um, and that's all in. That's including the franchise fee. That number also factors in working capital, which sometimes a lot of people don't really factor that in. Um, and you know you need to have that cushion um, when you you know for the first you know couple of months of opening. 
Um, and these numbers really vary greatly because it, uh, we have so many different business models. You know, we could do a kiosk, we could do a food truck, we could do a full-on brick and mortar. Uh, we could do a brick and mortar at 500 square feet. We could do a brick and mortar at 1500 square feet. So that's why that investment range varies for those, for those various reasons. And that's really nice. You have that flexibility, honestly. I mean, some, some brands are pretty locked into, um, you know, what they need and, uh, but. I th- I really think that'll help your growth to have that to have that flexibility. So who are you seeing as kind of, you know, and I'm do, you know, I'm doing the air quotes here, an ideal candidate to become an owner like your current owners kind of what are their backgrounds or what do you like to see? I mean, do you do you want restaurant experience or are you okay without it? So, uh it's always great. It's always welcome if they have restaurant experience by all means that would be ideal, but if they they don't it's not required, it's not necessary. Uh we will train them and provide, you know, full on training from A to Z. Um it's always great, you know, because when you're running, you know, a restaurant, you need to hire and fire, you know, you need to be able to, you know, get a great team of people and delegate, um, you know, and so, you know, anyone coming from, you know, a managerial position, uh, a leadership position, maybe an HR position that has experience in hiring, firing, you know, um, those are great qualities that we look for, you know, but we're really looking for motivated individuals, you know, those kinds of people that are, you know, willing to roll up their sleeves and, and, you know, make things happen. You know, that's, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you, do you support like semi-absentee ownership or, or, or do you want, you know, an owner operator kind of someone really in there? Yeah. So, um, with this concept, it is definitely possible to morph into a semi-absentee position. We don't recommend that someone goes into this concept right away and says, Hey, I don't want to be there at all. You know, I wouldn't recommend that unless they have, you know, unless they have, uh, you know, someone that they're willing to share some equity with and that's going to be, you know, hands on like or something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, our first franchisee, uh, that was exactly what he did the first year in operation. Um, he was very hands on. He built a great team of people. He has a great, uh, manager in place, a great, a great staff. He really got the operations going. And then he kind of took a step back. He's not there on a day to day basis and he morphed into that semi absentee position. Um, so, you know, we do, we do have the option of morphing into a semi absentee position, but it's not the type of opportunity where they're going to just completely go into this and be totally hands off. Sure. From day one. Yeah. What, uh, what type of hours is a, is a location typically open? So we are flexible with the hours. Um, but right now it's about from 11 a.m. till about 9 a.m., uh, 9 p.m., excuse me. And, uh, on the weekends until about 10 p.m. However, you know, we do have, we have breakfast served all day. Uh, we do serve coffee, you know, we do serve, um, you know, breakfast items. So if a franchisee is in an area where, you know, they feel like opening earlier would be beneficial to them, you know, then we, by all means, you know, encourage that. Uh, as far as like average number of employees, a location would have to start with, um, say like a brick and mortar location, what do you, what do you recommend there? Anywhere from about two to eight team members are required, uh, and a store manager and two to four shift leaders are required. So it's really going to depend on, you know, the size of the location and, and the days of the week. And then as far as, um, initial training, like for an owner, what is, what does that look like? Do they, do they come to New York? Um, so we give them the option of doing training on site at their location. Um, 
This way we can also train their staff if they've already hired staff, um, or they can do training in our corporate location in New York. Um, so we provide them with an option either at their space or at our space because we're visiting them anyway uh, for their grand opening and we're there. Uh, we can shoot out to them for about a week before their grand opening um, and start the training process. And I wanted to ask before and I didn't didn't kind of get to it, but but who are you seeing as like a, a typical customer? Like, is there is there a typical customer? Is it really all over the more female than male. I would say that our demographic is more female than male. Um, age range, anywhere from, I would say, uh, you know, 18 to uh, about 55. You know, those those are, you know, the demographics. He- health conscious? Like, does that factor in, do you find? Definitely. I mean, definitely. You know, the parents love it when their child is ordering, uh, you know, one of the fruit crepes, you know, and they're, you know, they're eating fresh fruits, you know, so the, you know, the parents are gravitating towards it, the children are gravitating towards it, Um, you know, and uh, gluten-free has been a a big deal, you know, um, in recent years, Um, and not just for people that are just really just trying to be healthier or lower calorie, uh, but there are a lot of people that do experience celiac, and they actually can't eat gluten, Um, and countless times I've had people come to, come to me and say, you know, that they have a relative or a child that has celiac and they haven't been able to find a place that offers, you know, so many options that are gluten-free and have been grateful, you know, that, that we offer that. So it's, you know, not just, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, people that are, you know, just trying to be health conscious or, you know, you know, shed a couple of pounds, but, you know, people, people really that can't eat the, the gluten, you know, that, you know, resonates with them. Yeah, no, I, I know a lot of people who, who have celiac or at least some kind of like level of intolerance. And I mean, it, they get really, really sick, like even, you know, from a from yeah. a, a crumb of anything, you know, so I, I know it's it's and I know it's a challenge for them to, you know, not only find foods, but even to find restaurants that are aware of it and support that, you know, that, yes, yeah, someone might say they're they'll serve it on gluten free bread, but then they cut it on the same, you know, cutting board as they're cutting other bread. Right. And, and that could, that could cause a reaction. So the fact that you guys are kind of, you know, a, a very aware of it and it's, you know, the main product is gluten-free probably really is, is appealing to people. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I'm a mother first and foremost, I have a, a daughter, you know, she has a, you know, a slight form of eczema sometimes. And, uh, I, I did some research into, you know, how the diet affects that and how gluten affects that. And, you know, so, you know, it's not just, you know, celiac, it, you know, gluten affects a lot of different things, you know, and um, it's important, you know, and, um, you know, it's a big differentiator between us and, you know, others that make, you know, these kinds of products. And it's, it's funny, like, you know, I have, I have three kids kind of middle school and elementary school. And, you know, if we are coming home from a practice or something and ask them where they want to stop for dinner, you know, it's amazing. Like it's, it's like healthy choices now. Like, honestly, like, you know, if I, you know, like if we're ever on a road trip, you know, driving through like the middle of Wyoming and like the only thing is like a McDonald's, the kids are like, no way, dad, we're not doing it. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> that's, that's great parenting I right I there. My, my daughter was like, those, those chicken nuggets come out of tubes. I was like, what, what is, what does that even mean? <laughs> she's she's yeah, I'm... right. But it's, there's definitely, it's funny how, you know, they, 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 yeah, it's funny that the kids are, you know, that they're in tune with uh, 
you know, what's, what's healthy and what's not type of thing. Well, pat yourself on the back then, because you did a great job then and, and, you know, educating them on what's <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, and, <laughs> I, don't I don't know about that, but um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. So um, we talked, we talked a bit about the, um, the, you know, the initial investment, what it's like to become an owner. And, you know, the question everyone, you know, typically asks is, okay, you know, what, what can I make being an owner, right? So do you guys have an item 19? And is that something you can touch on a bit? Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the most important things is, I think if I was buying a franchise, I would look for, you know, um, an item 19. Uh, so our, um, as I said, our first franchisee opened in 2019. He opened just before the pandemic. Um, and he made his money back in under three years. Um, you know, and I think that's really, a, a really something to be said about that. It's a huge accomplishment, especially, you know, during the most, most difficult and most trying times that people have had to endure. Unfortunately, many, many businesses have had to close their doors. Um, and we, we were lucky enough, you know, to, you know, not only just survive, but to thrive, you know, and to, yeah, particularly, particularly a restaurant, like a lot of industries are hit hard, right? But restaurants were really hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're really lucky in that respect. We're really lucky that, you know, we've been in business for almost a decade and, and we've been, you know, doing well and continuing to grow. And with that being said, the, um, the item 19, the gross sales were just a little, uh, shy of, uh, 600,000, uh, last year. Uh, with a close to 20% net profit, which is really great, you know, for food. It's really excellent unit economics. Um, you know, our food and labor costs are, you know, we're at the low 20%. Um, you know, and I, I know people that are doing 33% and, and they think that that's, that's good. You know, so, you know, we're, we're, you know, our, our numbers are, are, you know, really excellent with, with that respect. And, and I really only anticipated to just, you know, continue to grow now that, you know, things are really opening up and people are really getting back out there, you know, with this, you know, COVID kind of, you know, a little bit, you know, winding down and, and kind of, you know, getting behind us. People are, you fingers know, crossed, right? fing, fing, fingers crossed, you know, um, no, but no, people no, are no monkey pox. We don't want to. Oh, no, forget about that. That's <laughs> no monkey pox. That's okay. it. Yeah. So no, people are really getting back out there now. You know, people, you know, they're getting back together for the events and the celebrations. And we're really able to now take advantage of the catering side of things, which is really, you know, a really cool thing that we offer because, you know, a franchisee could expect to have one business that they're investing into, but really essentially build two businesses, you know, two full on revenue streams. I believe that the catering side of things could be built to such a level that, that it would give someone the same amount uh, of revenue as a, as a store would, you know, we're, we're even jumping into, you know, ghost kitchens now and utilizing them, you know, just to take advantage of, of delivery and, and in different areas and, and caterings in, in different areas. And, um, you know, cause we're a portable food where, you know, franchisees can take advantage of, you know, outdoor festivals and, and events and, you know, we just did a uh, charity event a couple of weeks ago uh, where all the uh, the proceeds and donations went to, um, you know, help the people in Ukraine. Um, so, you know, people, franchisees can do community outreach, you know, um, with this concept. You know, they can pop up wherever, you know. Um, that's what's cool about us. Yeah. And the great thing about probably the catering and that, uh, you know, pop up ability to, to go to festivals and things is that you're exposing, you know, pe new, new people to the brand and to the food that, that may, you know, may not 
be in the, it may not be in their neighborhood right now, but you know, the, the more you can expose it to, to new people in different places, I imagine, you know, is, is really just, just great for business. Um, and yeah, and thanks for sharing the, uh, you know, the, the item 19 stuff. It's, you know, really, honestly, it's pretty impressive. You guys have one considering that you launched in 2019 and, and went through a pandemic. I think a lot of brands would be <laughs> like, we're not sharing that right now. And then, and then, yeah, that your food costs are that low considering that it's, you know, fresh and local and not frozen those things. So that's, that's great. Kudos to you. You guys must have a, a, a strong, a strong system in place. So we must be doing something right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, Marlene, this has been great. Um, you know, I'd be happy to get any listeners in touch with you, but, um, is your website the best place to start if someone would like to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. They can jump on, on, on my website, um, eight and that's spelled out E I G H T turn and crepe, C-R-E-P-E.com. Um, they can click on the franchise page. They can send an inquiry form or they can uh, shoot me an email, marlene at eightturncrepe.com. And uh, Marlene is spelled M-A-R-L-E-E-N. Perfect. And I'll, I'll be sure to include that stuff in, in the show notes. So, well, thanks again for joining us today. I've, I've really enjoyed learning more about uh, Eight Turn Crepe. And, um, you know, we get back to New York City fairly often. So we'll be sure to to visit. I was researching the episode last night and I had like the menu up on my screen and my daughter <laughs> came in and said, what are you, what are you looking at? And, Can we go there? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely visit. I would be happy to have you guys and give you guys a nice taste testing. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Marley. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Franchise Hounds. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode or would like to work with me directly to explore franchise ownership opportunities, please reach out through the form on our website at FranchiseHounds.com.